Good morning, Wrestling Inc. It's time to get it going. Grab some bacon, cup of coffee, some orange juice, whatever you want. Grapefruit, if that's your jam. It's me, the managing editor for Wrestling Inc., Nick Hausman, and I am joined here, as I am almost every Wednesday, by my good friend, Justin Labar. Justin, welcome back to the Winkley. I'm the landlord. Rent is due. <laughs> oh, we're going to, you know, uh, give me what I want, Justin. <laughs> you don't deserve anything. Give me what I want. What I want. Um, you know, you uh, before we get anything, you got to spend yesterday doing something pretty cool, I thought. Um, was it yesterday or Monday you were in Pittsburgh with... Uh, with uh, Monday. 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 Yeah, yeah. T- talk to me a little about this. You got to spend Monday at a children's hospital with Rollins and, and Reigns. Was anybody else there? Uh, Finn Balor was there. Uh, Natalia was there. Wow. Um, yeah, it's it's really cool. Obviously, Pittsburgh. For those that don't know, is the origin, is the, the birthplace of Connor's cure. Connor uh, was from here in Pittsburgh, and I was, you know, and, and I I've been involved with Connor before WWE knew he who he was, and then obviously through the birth of Connor's cure, and then unfortunately his passing, and and so I've been lucky enough to uh, whenever WWE comes to town. Uh, they and the children's hospital will usually reach out to me and, and send an invite if I would like to come along. If they have talent, they're going to visit um, the kids, in which if, if schedule, you know, if schedule allows me, I always like to. And I did it again. And you know, and this one was particularly um, significant. I mean, they're all special, but this one with a little added because of you know Reigns being there. And this is the first time I had done this, you know, bed, these bedside visits w- with Reigns, and obviously he, him just coming back after dealing with um, what he's been dealing with with leukemia. So, you know, it was it was a really, um, you know, a really, really interesting experience. And I always appreciated it. And you know, I started doing this like, you know, years ago. And then like after I became like a dad, after I became a parent, you appreciate it that much more. So, yeah, it's always it's always a great way to start Monday off when they're in town to get to do that in the morning with them. It's 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 wild too because now you know Roman and I guess Roman he said in an interview that he would tell kids when he was doing Make a Wishes anyway that he was uh, suffering from leukemia. Whole different experience now I got to believe for him and everybody around him to to watch him talk to these kids knowing that his story is so public and open now, right? Yeah, and I mean obviously not every kid is a WWE fan, so not right. all of them know him. Um, they still appreciate just these larger than life looking character. I mean, obviously Roman, you know, he does not look like your everyday person you run in the street. So, I mean, they, they appreciate seeing him. And of course they bring like t- uh, title belts, but yeah, for the kids who do know who he is, and there was one, there was one that in particular that he, that he met for the ones who do know who he is and are, and are keyed into what's going on currently. Uh, yeah. You can definitely tell that it's, um, uh, his words mean that much more, you know, coming by and talking to them and whatever that particular kid might be dealing with him. It's definitely, uh, something special to watch for sure. Wow, cool. Uh, well, thank you for talking about that a bit at the top of the show. I always think it's awesome when you get to do that stuff because you do this, you know, pretty regularly when they come to Pittsburgh. Um, and I just think it's great, Justin. Yeah, uh, I mean, they do a great job. And I'm like I said, I'm I'm just super. I always thank WWE, thank the hospital. I'm always appreciative when they think to include me. And I, I don't know for sure. I don't want to. I think later this month uh, I might be doing another uh, another similar type event uh, with Stephanie and Triple H. So I'll keep everybody. Clued in if I have any content that I'm allowed to gain from, allowed to grab from it. Okay, and you were you were at Raw then on Monday too. Is that yeah. Correct? Okay. Yep. Uh, now, uh, before we get to all the news here and stuff, and I'll, I'll plug the interviews we got here in a bit because um, they're they're very good interviews today. Um, but you were there at, at Raw in Kurt Angle's hometown of Pittsburgh when he announced he's going to be having his retirement match and faced off against Apollo Cruz. I just wanted to to hear your thoughts on 
on that, how you feel about it, you know, just kind of how it came across. Well, I think, I mean, it was great that they kind of, you know, we all been, I mean, we've all been speculating and wondering, you know, you and I have talked about, you know, is, mm-hmm. is Kurt wrapping things up come WrestleMania this year? As I've said, he's been training here in Pittsburgh with us at IWC. He's, you know, he's keeping himself in good ring shape. So it was kind of cool that they did obviously wait and wait until they were in Pittsburgh for all to kind of, you know, kind of key into, okay, where we're going storyline wise. Um, you know, and now the question, and I'd love to hear yours too, is like, who does he, you know, I, you know, who does he go against? And I, you know, I, I've always said, you know, with these kind of situations, I like it when, you know, guys like him can go against uh, talent on the rise, you know, can, can put some, can help talent that have a the future ahead of them. But I will say, if that's not what, if that's not where they go, if it's not a, Jason Jordan, who it seems like his health has been questioned, which is why he's not back in the ring anyways. Right. If it's not somebody like that who has a storyline connection and, and unfinished business and is obviously younger, you know, I would love for like John Cena. Just because Cena, you know, Cena's career kind of is marked as kicking off with the whole ruthless aggression attacking Kurt Angle. So I, I you know, that to me that that would be something special. And I feel like that would be an uh, you know, an an, an easy match. Like it'll be a good match, but it would be an easy match an easier match than maybe some other opponents would give Kurt. I, you know, I think that's a great route. You know, yesterday on the show, I made the case that I think, you know, if I don't know what they're going to do with Undertaker this year, right? I guess I've heard some buzz that maybe he'll, you know, be inserted here at the last minute or whatever. But I think the, you know, because, you know, watching Kurt on Monday night, Kurt Angle is one of the greatest of all time, but he, he knows he's at the end here. He's not moving like he used to. I don't know that we can expect, right, like Shawn Michaels, Kurt Angle here in, in his retirement bout. And if you're not going to, go out there and and be able to do that at least deliver on a powerful big moment uh with big characters and undertaker his whole thing is you know ending guys careers and and digging holes and um you know i don't know how far you want to take it maybe if you know kurt wins undertaker also retires i don't know right but um i I think there's something to the idea of maybe taker and kurt angle as well yeah i mean yeah again another another name who's a who we haven't we don't have any connection yet with mm-hmm. Romania, so I mean, both you know, both guys, both him or Cena, I think would work. I mean, if you're going to go out WrestleMania match with Undertaker, it's never a bad way to go, right? Well, sure. Yeah. All right. Anyway, there's our cases. John Cena, the Undertaker. Twitter away about it. Twitter sphere. Get on your Twitter machine. All right. Let's get to the Winkley here today. We've done enough pontificating about Pittsburgh pro wrestling here at the top of the show. We got a Winkley to get to. <laughs> talky talk. That's what we're doing here. <laughs> a little ticky talky, ticky talk, talky, ticky tack. I don't even know. I don't. I lost my mind there. I just, uh, just words just started flowing out of my mouth. I was scatting here on you the sound, show. You sounded like you sounded like Goldust when he did the Tourette's story. Uh, all right, uh, this is gonna be a great show. Speaking of Goldust, speaking of the Attitude Era, we got a huge star from the Attitude Era here on the show. It is Wednesday tonight. Is the season finale for Night Fight on the History Channel, and we've got the host of that show. You may know him as two-time WWE World Champion and nine-time WWE Tag Team Champion. It is. Christian Jay Resso here on the show today. Great interview. Uh, joined for about half an hour. He was just on the uh, Fastlane kickoff panel. Um, again, the History Channel stuff, ENC show season two, everything in between. We get into it here on the show. And uh, our good friend Scott Fishman, uh, Wrestling Inc. Scott Fishman, uh, recently sat down and did an interview with Nerdcore rapper Mega Ran. So we are going to have Christian and Mega Ran interviews here later on in the show. Stick around, enjoy those, but right now, let's get to the news. News you can use, news that'll leave a bruise. That's right, it's time to talk the fallout from SmackDown. What newsy tidbits came out of SmackDown last night? Well, we'll start with Shane McMahon announcing that he is officially going to face The Miz at WrestleMania. 
I'm on the hook for this one, Justin. Honestly, like of all the matches I'm genuinely excited about for WrestleMania, I think Shane and Miz might be at the top for me of all the storylines going into Mania right now. Uh, it's not as high for me. It just isn't. Um, I will say, I, I, I mean, it's kind of nice seeing a heel Shane McMahon. I mean, we don't, uh, <clears throat> out of all the McMahons, he's the one who's the heel the least because he's got that charismatic kind of likable personality. And obviously when he's performing in the ring, he's got a very baby face style in the ring. So it's kind of cool. It's kind of a little fresh in a way to see him as a heel. Um, you know, it's still wild. It's still wild to me uh, that we're, just not going to have Miz and Dan O'Brien, anything of the sorts. Not that I'm complaining about what Dan O'Brien's probably going to be doing, but uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it's good. I mean, I, I, I'll give it this. It, it's nice that it's got, it, it, this has been a, a slow burn. It's kind of cool that this has got a lot of history and that Mania matches are supposed to have, you know, you know, bigger, bigger builds to it. And this has been building since the fall. So I, I'll give it that. They've stuck with it. They stayed the course. They've stole, they've told a story. Uh, they brought the family into it, which you got to do that. Um, so I mean, I, I'm not, I'm, 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 I'm not disappointed in look. I'm not, you know, not looking forward to it. But it's certainly not like my top one. But. You see, but that's the thing is they didn't overthink this, right? They had had it going on for months. You had two guys that were friends. One of them turned on the other. Now you got a hot angle going into WrestleMania. There's family connections here, and ultimately, I would think Miz is going to be beat Shane McMahon giving people resolution to a month-long story that they've become invested in. That's why I'm excited about this. I want to reward the storytelling here, Justin. I'll be interested to see the type of match they have. You know, um, I don't know. That'll, that'll be, that'll be, that's probably the most, that's probably the most intriguing thing to me is the actual um, X's and O's of the match. I'll be curious to see what kind of uh, a style, you know, cause I mean, you know, Shane, Shane much, obviously Shane's far more athletic than his father when, when Vince would wrestle, but um even so, Shane still has like a very raw kind of gritty kind of style, you know. So you, you put him against the Undertaker, it's just you know gonna be hard punches, jumping off things. Him and you know, so I'll be curious to see how him and the Miz work this. If it, if it if it is a little bit more of a of a uh, hardcore match because it's got this kind of like you know grudge personal feel to it, or if it's you know or, or if it's more of a wrestling match. I don't know. I I definitely think Miz is getting pushed. I mean, he did that uh, uh, frog splash. At the uh, at Fastlane, it was beautiful. I was like, "Who the hell? How the heck is Miz doing this?" He did that uh, top rope leap to the outside. So I think we're gonna, I think we'll see some brawling, but I think we're gonna see Miz try to go tit for tat here with Shane. And I think you know, because Miz is not really known for craziness. He's the Miz, right? People bitch about his style for a reason. I think we're gonna see him pull some stuff out here. I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna surprise the people in this match. Yeah, well, we'll have to see. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that, that is kind of the definition of the Miz. I mean, there's a reason why this guy like never gets hurt or anything because you know he work, he, he keeps it safe. Yeah, right. Punch, kick, shot to the corner. Struggle in the corner. Oh man, even the even the skull busting finale, right? It's like the other guy kind of falls first, right? You kind of got lean on him a bit, you know? Whatever. <laughs> All right, uh, AJ Styles, uh, his WrestleMania match is now set as well. AJ uh, challenging Randy Orton. Uh, you know, we haven't gotten the months long build that we got with Shane and Miz here. We didn't get that story, but you know, this doesn't need it. I like that. They just looked at each other. Like, what's the story with Randy Orton and AJ? Oh, well, Randy's a dick. And so like AJ doesn't like dicks or that's, that came out wrong. (laughs) (laughs) That came out wrong. Um, we're isolating that sound bite. (laughs) (laughs) AJ doesn't like bullies. I'll rephrase that. Randy Orton is a bully. AJ doesn't like bullies. (laughs) (laughs) I I also don't like dicks. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? 
Uh, I man, uh, mm, I got a Jake Christ interview. I, I should have spoiled that, but I got a Jake Christ interview tomorrow where he goes through the what happens to a wrestler when they are have to get uh, the penis plex applied to them by Joey Ryan. I was like, take me into that moment. What happens there? How is he able to accomplish it? Oh, you guys are gonna love it. All right. Anyway, um, AJ Styles challenging Randy Orton here because he's a bully. He's a dickish bully, and um. You know, I, it's just natural chemistry. They don't need the month. These two are going to have a great match, and you know, I, I I like the I like the quick story they put together between these two. You know, yeah. I mean, if you want to get if you want to get kind of immediate attention or kind of you know fast pass it to okay, this is you know it's going to be getting a, a WrestleMania match. Uh, that promo that they did they did on SmackDown was right was what you need to do. I mean, obviously, I always say that like you know when any time that you can pull from the realism, anytime you can pull from things that are on message boards or Twitter, anytime you can talk about. You know things outside of WWE. Whenever you do that, when it looks like they're pulling the curtain back, which obviously Randy did with the mention of you know Dixie Carter and 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 you know going through AJ's career and the term indie guys and and all those things that are, all those things that are kind of like the taboo that you're not really supposed to say on a week to week script. Um, you know when they when they you know when they did all that, that obviously gets everyone's attention. It, it was but not just not just shock value, but they delivered it well. Uh, they they did it. They delivered it concisely. Um, yeah, it was well done, and it immediately got my interest peaked, both for what they're saying, and then it's like you know, okay, these are two really good performers uh, who have you know worked all around the you know Randy, who's worked everybody ever in WWE, AJ Styles has worked everybody ever outside of WWE and around the world. So you know, to see them on Mania together, uh, and you know, you're going to get a few uh, good scenarios of an RKO out of nowhere with considering what AJ Styles can do. Yeah, and AJ just jumping off stuff at Randy, you know, like that. I mean, yeah. these two are going to work well together. I, I think it'll be, I think it's going to be great. I'm, I'm looking forward to this match too, you know. So. Uh, Kofi Kingston, he's going to get another shot at becoming the number one contender to face Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania, and it is going to come in the form of a gauntlet match next week on SmackDown where he is going to have to go through Randy Orton, Samoa Joe, The Bar, and Eric Rowan if he wants to be the one to face Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. You know, I, look, I, I, it's a different kind of story. I mean, it reminds me of, like, um, there was a SmackDown, it was late 90s, where Triple H had to do, like, a bull rope match and a, bar, a boiler room brawl match. And uh, all he had a leather strap match all in one night. And, you know, it just it does nothing but endear the crowd to the guy who's in the corner of having to fight through all this stuff. I mean, this is... They're, they're getting on track here to do this Kofi Daniel thing. I think quite right here at WrestleMania. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, I mean, obviously they're trying to re, you know, they're trying to recreate and manufacture what they had a few weeks ago when <laughs> Kofi did the gauntlet initially. But it'll work. The crowd will stay with him. The crowd's still behind him. Obviously, Vince did all the right things, saying the right things in terms of you know continuing to build Kofi's underdog uh, aspect with with the things that he was saying about how Kofi's just a you know just not championship material. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, it, it's. Um, th this this has got that Dan O'Brien 2014 feel, mm -hmm. and they're gonna do it. And uh, I mean, it's it, he's got he's got a real shot at, at winning here. I and, mean, it's it, this is a real thing. And I would think that the New Day are gonna help him win this thing and, and level the odds and stuff. You know, when when times get hard against him or when shenanigans happen. You know, I really like Biggie and Xavier Woods in the role that they're in right now. It's just being very supportive and good friends for Kofi through this and helping him to navigate all of these hurdles that are being thrown in his way. I think they look better for, man, the energy between Big E and Vince McMahon. I did not know that's the chemistry that I wanted. I was like, yes, yes. more Big E and Vince, please, yeah. you know? No, you're exactly right. That was, I, I remember thinking to myself as I'm watching that, like, man, this is, you know, Big E is doing really good because, you know, 
all the new day talk, all the new day speak, you know, and the, but they're all kind of, you know, they're always being goofy and, 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 and singing their songs and stuff like that. So to see Biggie be able to do the, the serious delivery and, and fight and advocating for his friend, uh, well done. And just think just the, even if, I mean, especially if Kofi ends up going to Mania and winning, just imagine had Mustafa Ali not got hurt. I mean, this wouldn't be even a thing. Yeah, but Ali, I think, is in a good spot here right now, and I can kind of we'll tie up this. Oh, oh yeah, I'm, but I'm just saying, like, just imagine yeah. had he not had he not gotten, you know, he was, you know, he was banged up, and then they did, they they pull him out of out of the, you know, the the chamber match. Just imagine if that didn't happen. We this this you know New Day could be, you know, just doing whatever. But this yeah. is amazing. I think this is a happy accident here. You know, I think with Ali, it, you know, it was happening so fast, right? And you almost get to the point where they'd have put the rocket on him and put in the same situation with the fans not being as familiar. You know, you can't really predict wrestling fans anymore. You know, things can make them grouchy. But with this Kofi thing, it's worked out really well. I think Mustafa Ali remaining in the main event picture is good. Daniel's going to need fresh opponents here after WrestleMania. I certainly see Ali reinserting himself then. And and I'll close up by saying, you know, you talked about how you're surprised Miz and Daniel Bryan aren't going to be at Mania this year. You know, I think it's great that they're both on different paths right now. Daniel's becoming a hotter heel. Miz, if he beats Shane McMahon at WrestleMania and hugs his father... He's going to be one of the biggest baby faces in WWE. Man, that smells like the SummerSlam main event to me right there, you know, and uh, that's just where my head's at about those two, you know. Yeah, very possible. Good point. Um, All right, let's talk tag teams. Um, Mir Online interviewed Dash Wilder, and he said the report of the Revival asking for their WWE releases was lost in translation. He says the confusion about the story made them angry, but that's good. Because they like to be angry. They're angry men. And so they decided to play into it. They played into it on Twitter. Uh, He says it's been a big, uh, they've had some big steps recently. Most, uh, the biggest step of all, defending the tag titles on the main card of a WWE pay-per-view, which they got to do at Fastlane. So really tamping down um, the rumors uh, about the revival looking for the release. At the same time, Carl Anderson shared out a video of his son Silas saying, don't believe everything you read. He then did a couple Fortnite dance moves, um, and it should be noted that the club was at SmackDown last night, but they were in a dark match uh, taking on Sanity. So both the teams that we were talking about yesterday and later last week about potentially looking for their exits, uh, trying to tamp down expectations that that's the case right now, it would seem. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean that I, I do believe that happens, and I've, I've witnessed it happen that things can get lost in translation, meaning. Somebody saw something or, or or sees or hears something secondhand backstage, and then by the time it gets to you know whatever publication is reporting such, I mean yeah, things do get lost. Uh, wrestling does have its own language. Guys also are very fired up on adrenaline, coming to a curtain, and and you know in, you know in in the mood they are. So I mean that can happen. Whether or not that really actually happened here, I mean uh, you know I guess only the people truly there know firsthand. Um, I bet I could certainly see Dash Water just trying to calm things down, you know, has made amends with the, you know, whatever. Um, and then to the Carl Anderson thing, I mean, yeah, again, I mean, obviously don't believe everything you read. That's, that's you can say that year round, not just in wrestling, but just in, in anything, any media, I guess you could say. But, um, I mean, I still think Anderson and Gallows are leaving. That's just my opinion. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, we'll see. There's a lot more for them out of w, outside of WWE right now, you know? And then the thing is, there was a lot of potential for Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows here in, in WWE this time around, but they pretty quickly got, you know, slotted as, you know, B guys, right? Or never really pushed the top, never really had that, that big moment there, did a lot of comedy stuff. I don't know that you could revamp them in a meaningful way in WWE right now. Uh, where fans would, would take them seriously, and I think they know that, you know. Yeah, and what's wild to think, and this is where you go, okay, 
is this WWE truly, you know, was this truly a case of WWE obviously just, just taking them so that way New Japan couldn't have them, you know, years ago, or, you know, t- taking them from New Japan so they didn't stay there, and obviously now, it's like, you know, they, they Anderson and Gallows didn't come back to America to, I mean, they, they, they came back and they got a really good deal. They were, I mean, they're making good money for WWE, so it's like, WWE's paying some serious money to them, and obviously just has, hasn't done anything with them, so it kind of, you know, I guess, again, from a business move, you either head scratch it or you just go, well, again, WWE figures that, that that's worth it for them not to be elsewhere. But again, when their contracts come up later this year, um, you know, I, I, it seems like they probably would like to get back and, you know, do some meaningful things in the wrestling world while their bodies and health allows them. Well, and, and that brings me up to this next story here. WPSD Channel 6 uh, interviewed Ricochet. Uh, and Ricochet said in his interview that he is planning on to wrestling for both Raw and SmackDown here until after WrestleMania, when he will probably pick up, when he will be put on a brand. So, to me, I mean, if you just very easily connect the dots, they're doing the superstar shakeup here after WrestleMania. It would seem that these NXT talents are, you know, getting a lot of visibility right now, and then they're going to be picked by a brand in the shakeup and, and be put onto those brands. Part of me wonders if the logic behind this is they don't know how many spots are going to be open here after WrestleMania, if that makes sense. You know, we're hearing a lot of reports about April contracts coming up, who's going to be around after WrestleMania. I think it, it feels a bit like they're still waiting to see where the chips fall themselves so they know who they've got here after WrestleMania to reestablish the, the Raw and SmackDown rosters a bit, if that makes sense. Yeah, and by the way, speaking of NXT stars, uh, the uh, uh, before Raw went on the air here in Pittsburgh Monday, uh, Tyler Breeze beat EC3. <laughs> what? Yes. Was that for main event or something? Or Yes, yes. So this is going to be on the network? I, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure it was for main event, I, but it happened. I can't remember if it was main event or if it was completely dark. I'm pretty sure it was for main event, but yeah, am, Tyler Breeze beat EC3. I am so sad that I was wrong. I, and I hate to say I'm wrong because there's still more time here, even by this scenario. I just laid out any one of these guys could be heated up after WrestleMania, but I really thought EC3 was going to jam a lot better with Vince and the creative team on the Raw or SmackDown rosters. I really, I really thought that he he had the makeup to to get it done pretty quickly there, and it just is not it's not clicking. I don't get it, and he's losing to Tyler Breeze. That's that's surprising. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like it's like it's, he didn't even beat Tyler Breeze. <laughs> he lost to Tyler Breeze. Yeah, like. man. Well, Tyler Breeze was not, Tyler Breeze has had a raw match. No, EC3 had a raw match. He lost to Dean Ambrose like a month ago, right? <laughs> oh, what did he do? What did he do? Anyway, so that seems to be the situation there. Let's uh, we'll talk a little uh, developmental here as well. Uh, friend of the show, friend of the Winkley, uh, Sean Waltman was down at the WWE Performance Center uh, as a guest trainer uh, yesterday. He posted a photo online with Matt Riddle and Punishment Martinez. Uh, Scott Hall was also in Orlando, but he was training at the Team Vision Dojo, where he's been a trainer since 2009 and is said to be in great shape. But um, I know from at least, uh, you know, my talks with Sean and stuff, this is something he's been wanting to do for a long time is get in there and work with those guys down at the Performance Center. I'm I'm very happy to see this, and I know that he's going to be a a great fit down there. Yeah, and, you know, the the Performance Center, if you're there, you know, the the, – Superstars there have been blessed with so you know so I mean I mean you know Shawn Michaels is hanging out there for you know so I mean there's so much information and, and wealth of knowledge and experience is coming through there to, to help train these guys, uh, but Waltman is definitely among the top tier of anybody they can bring into that PC with what he can um, with what he can pass on and teach them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, great to see that, and I'm glad to hear Scott's doing well. You know, I hear stories every now and then about how he's still struggling a bit. I hope that he can finally uh, kick what demons he has. Um, you know, while he's still got time to contribute to the business uh but happy to see he's down there working with uh, folks as well in orlando um lana 
did you know that Lana has a series on her YouTube channel called I'm Salty? Have you heard about this or seen this? Uh, I, I I know that she's doing this. Yes. <laughs> have you and now now have you seen it though, Justin? <laughs> I've seen like I've not watched a full episode. No. Well, I watched a full episode this morning because she showed up on my news and I was like, this is three and a half minutes. I've got three and a half minutes. Let's watch this. So Lana posted this video, and I guess this is a series. I only watched the most recent one, but it's called I'm Salty. Yeah, she's got a couple of them. I know she's she just started, but she has a couple of them. I know it is like a series. It seems like after the show's over, she goes to her, you know, RV or whatever trailer maybe has a couple cocktails you know i don't want to insinuate anything but uh she shows in the video she's still got a a leg cast on so she is injured and she's salty about it and the whole gimmick of i'm salty is she has actual salt shakers and uh big things of salt and when she gets upset because she's jamming about how she's upset about things she just starts throwing salt all over the room and i'm not kidding you that's the actual premise of this video and so in this video, Justin, Lana's salty. She is salty about how everybody just comes out and declares they get matches, right? Mandy Rose comes out. She just declares, I'm facing Asuka at Fastlane, so she gets a match. And Lana's salty about that. So she declares that she's going to face Asuka at WrestleMania for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. And throws salt everywhere. I felt bad her dog was there. There was salt getting on the dog. Anyway... Uh, thoughts on this thing that I just said? Well, uh, good for her for the creative uh, expression. Um, uh, I mean, if it was icy out, the salt will do mm. more help to you know salt the icy walkways. I don't know. I know she was doing this. I'm I'm I like Lana. I haven't got to watch it. I I, I kind of like think purposely haven't watched it for a reason. I think I'm waiting. I don't know why. I don't know what I'm waiting for. But maybe now I'll go and watch it later today. I'll, I'll binge watch what. The I'm salty series. Um, yeah, I mean she's a you know, look. She's a she's a she is a she's a very creative person. I can tell you that, and as is Rusev, and a lot of people are. But I mean them, them especially. And I, I do think there's been a lot of. I think they, I think there's after Lana and Rusev's initial first you know year of the heel run. I think there's the, the WWE has missed the mark with them. There's been I don't know. There's been a lot of things. Um, it sucks because I think there's a lot more potential with her in terms of uh, obviously the fans get behind her. You know, she's not the best wrestler, but she certainly has tried to put the work in to learn. Um, she has a lot. I mean, she could definitely be a lot of crossover appeal in terms of in, in, in the entertainment industry because she's already done some. I don't know. I think there's a mark being missed. I don't know where the kink in the system is. Um, so, I mean, good for her. For I mean, somebody. I mean, it's kind of like that Zack Ryder mentality of years ago. Like, you know, go go express yourself and. And and try to get the try to get the people listening to you and rallying behind you, I guess. Yeah, and I guess we'll see Lana versus Asuka at WrestleMania. I mean, she declared it because she's salty. <laughs> Maybe she could pour that one, pull that over to the ring, right? A little salt in the eyes. That that gimmick's as old as time. And and how crazy would it be that the American or, or well, I guess or the the ravishing Russian does it to the Japanese? Usually, it's, usually the Japanese are throwing the salt. Hey, but they're with Nakamura, Nak America, right? Nakamura Rusev. You know, maybe that's where she learned it from, from oh, Shinsuke. Oh, I like it. Yeah, we're you know what we're we're coming up with some okay things here today on the Winkley. A little talky talk. <laughs> I love it. All right. Lastly, here in the news, Colin Jost tweeted Braun Strowman yesterday after Braun destroyed the car that Colin and SNL sent to Braun on Raw. Uh, Colin tweeted, "Hey Braun Strowman, 
Not to make a big fuss, but that was a rental, and I didn't pay for insurance. Maybe I could send you my Venmo info, and you can reimburse me? P.S. Are you watching The Bachelor? Crazy! See you soon, amigo. Hashtag, get these friends. Um, I mean, Braun Strowman's gonna murderize this guy. Am I wrong? He has to, I think. I'm salty about all this. Okay, go it ahead. Is... <laughs> I know, I mean... I'm salty about it, too, but I want to hear you be salty about it. I've been salty over Braun Strowman for two, two plus years, and I, under, I like I get like some of the WWE mentality is okay if you're working with like guys from SNL and you're, if you're working with the celebrities who are being brought in from Mania, like that's that's deemed as a as an important job. You know, they 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 view Braun as an attraction and a side, and so like if you're getting chosen to do this crossover stuff, I understand that that's like this is not punishment, th- at least not in the eyes of most decision makers at WWE, in the eyes of Vince. I understand that. But I just don't. I mean, ten-year-old tag team partner last year, beating up on comics this year. I, I just, I'm just salty. I see. That's not why I'm salty about this, right? Like, I think I'm, I'm on actually on the side of the folks that are like, this is probably better for Braun. This, this kind of stuff, this kind of high-level visibility, working with the Weekend Update guys. I mean, this is the stuff uh, that's going to be used in uh, video packages, and you know, it, it's a legacy-defining kind of thing. I don't have an issue with him in this role. What I have an issue with here is Colin Joe's trying to play tough guy and mock Braun Strowman. If this guy doesn't get his ass handed to him, it doesn't do anything to make Braun look like any more of a monster. If this little, you know, peon is going to be here and just talk lip and not be scared of the big bad guy, um, that is just bad wrestling psychology to me. Not to mention, come on, Colin Joes, get with it. You said, P.S., are you watching The Bachelor? It's supposed to be P.S., are you watching Temptation Island? <laughs> Duh! Jost? Jeez. Um, yeah, that's just my issue with it. My issue is because, like, you know, if Colin Jost was like, uh, all right, we're going to make sure to have extra security at Weekend Update this weekend. I'm very sorry it's gone this far. I apologize for making this fake. And Braun is still on a rampage. That's just more compelling for me. You know what I mean? I'm not sitting here watching, trying to get... Colin Jost to play tough guy to Braun Strowman. He's not John Cena. He's Colin Jost from SNL, you know? It is the payoff at WrestleMania or is the payoff at the Saturday Night Live the night before WrestleMania? I, I, or this Saturday. I don't know. I mean, Braun, Braun is going to have to show up and destroy this guy on Weekend Update. Maybe this week, and it builds to Jost you know, showing up at, at WrestleMania, repentant or on a mission to, to kill with his own big guy of his own. I, I don't know. But I see Joe's going through the wall of the weekend update set and getting. <laughs> I can just see Colin Joe's searching 30 Rock for for somebody to be his. He, he goes out and hires Terry Crews. Oh, man. <laughs> Terry's like, and Terry Crews is like, are you crazy? You've been, you've been poking this beast over here. Ah, uh-uh, not going to be part of it. No way. No way. You know, and that's the thing is that, that you can't. If you're going to talk this kind of, if you're going to be this, if you're going to try to act tough guy with Braun Strowman and be a little dude, you better be prepared to get thrown in a chicken suit and thrown <laughs> thrown out of the ring or whatever. Because I think this, I think in order for this to work out with the dynamic, Jost has got to just get his ass handed to him, you know? And I heard Colin Jost doesn't like dicks. At this time, it's my pleasure to welcome to the show a two-time WWE World Champion, nine-time WWE Tag Team Champion, and the host of History Channel's Night Fight. Night Fight is going to have its season finale uh, tonight, Wednesday, uh, 10-9 uh, Central on the History Channel. No, wait, it's 9-8. Nine, nine, 
not 10, whatever. I blew the time. No, it's 11 10. 11 10. Okay, right. Thank you. I'm there. I'm throwing you out already. Come on, man. Right. Sorry. It's Christian. Hey, hi, Jay. <laughs> What's up? What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm good. I wrote the time down wrong, but I got the rest of the stuff, right? Right? You did. That was great. Perfect. Okay. Well, the Golden Helmet is going to be on the line. Uh, the seven yeah. winners of the first seven episodes this season are going to be competing against each other to try to win that and another $10,000. Let's start with this because I'm fascinated by night fights or night fight. Okay. Um, <laughs> sure. Um, tell me tell me about night fight. Tell everybody out there about night fight. What? How would you describe the show to people? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's basically, um, you know, in some circles, it's known as medieval MMA or night fight club. So basically it's... Uh, yeah, they're they're actual knights. You know, these guys they compete all over the world. Uh, in the, you know, in the U.S. to go to our national team, so they they compete internationally. Um, some of them, and they they compete in full suits of armor with uh, with full size and scale weapons that you would see in different periods of history. And uh, they're obviously blunted, so no one's losing limbs or anything like that. But they, uh, yeah, it's 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 it's, uh, it's gritty kind of up, up to this point. Maybe it's more of an underground sport, but there is a. Um, this is a big stage for for all of these competitors to get on and to to be on History Channel and show the world what they can do, you know. So it's uh, yeah, these guys are going out there, and you know, ten thousand dollars can can change some of these uh, some of these guys' lives pretty significantly. So they're out there, they're they're going for it, and uh, it's uh, if you haven't seen the show, check it out because it's unlike anything you've seen on television, that's for sure. It is brutal, right? Watching, <laughs> <laughs> I watch this stuff, and I'm like, these are the these have to be the craziest people I've ever seen. In my, I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, wrestlers, wrestlers are nuts. You're nuts. We all saw TLC. Yeah. Would you yeah. do, would you do this though? Would you allow somebody to full on hit you with a sword to the head while wearing a, a helmet like this? Uh, I wouldn't at 45, mm. but at 20, at 25, I might be like, ah, yeah, I'll give it a try. See how, see how it is. Jesus. But I mean, the, the, the impressive thing is, is, is with these competitors too, they, you know, they're out there in these suits of armor and, you know, it's like an extra 80 or so pounds on top of their body, you know? So, and when they have those helmets on, the peripheral vision on those things isn't great. So you have to kind of have to have your head on the floor, right? You can get hit from all sides, especially when, you know, the competition starts in what we call a grand melee, which is, you know, all the six competitors, um, are, you know, fighting at the same time. And then, you know, we whittle it down to get down to, uh, to four, split them apart and then put them into a team melee and the winning team gets separated and we put them into a duel and the winner of the duel obviously wins the show and wins $10,000 in the night fight champion. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. Like if you get knocked down, just trying to you know, the, the, um, you know, that how much you have to have in dig down deep to even get up off the dirt with the, with, with the extra weight on your body, you know? So it takes a lot out of you, man. These guys are, they're a different breed, much like a wrestler. They're just a different breed. Yeah, you know, I watched. I was watching the the. I watched a couple episodes today, getting ready for this. Just watching another man hack at another man with like a <laughs> with like an axe yeah. in his hand. Like you have to be a, a special kind of person, I think, to really fully engage in this. I mean, it's 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 very medieval in every way possible. You yeah, know? there was an there was an earlier episode where there's a guy. He's about six seven. A guy named Paul Fredo, and uh, he looks like a legit barbarian, and uh, he had spun two or three guys up against the fence. Obviously, you know, the, the smaller guys were kind of trying to get the bigger guy, you know, taken care of yeah. in that grand melee. And he spun them, but he left himself exposed in the back and somebody chopped him with an ax, you know, right across the back and he dropped. 
and he wasn't moving. And I actually said, and obviously this didn't make air, but I said, he's fucking dead. Like I said, I said that out loud when I was commentating and not only, I mean, and 30, 40 seconds later, he, you know, he pulled himself up off the dirt and he went on to win the entire show. So it's just the toughness of these guys. Like they, they, their bodies, what they're, they're, you know, what they're willing to put their bodies through because they love it. And much like, you know, with independent wrestling, you know, I was out there when I was in independent wrestling. It was a different time when I was doing indies. You know, we were working for very little money. And it was strictly out there doing it because I loved it and had a passion for it. And I see that very much with, with, uh, with these nights as well. Um, so, yeah, you know, the way you described that, that one bout there with the really big guy and the smaller guy. I mean, it sounded like an Andre match with knives and swords <laughs> and stuff, right? Yeah, 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 some of that. So when you're watching this, you know, from your perspective, all years in, in wrestling – you know, how much, you know, are you, you know, because these are like multi-man matches and stuff. I've never seen anything done like this for real. I mean, is there wrestling right. psychology sometimes where you're like, oh, maybe they should have done this or I'd try that out and apply this, what I learned to the knife, the night fighting here. Would I apply it to matches? Yeah. Which is there like any wrestling psychology you would use in these kind of melees and these tag oh, matches and stuff? These? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, saw some of these guys that were a little more seasoned that had done it more. They knew how to kind of. You know, with, a, with some of the younger guys, especially, you know, we had some competitors in there that had just put armor on the previous day. So they're, they're kind of be the green boys, right? Like they'd be the ones that, that didn't have a ton of experience. So yeah, they'd be out there, you know, quote unquote, like just just doing spots, just, just, just throwing because they didn't know much about techniques. But these guys would just kind of lull them in and let them kind of, you know, and they would take advantage of that, you know, just let them get all good, let them get all of the system. They knew what they were doing, like making it seem like they were on the rope, kind of like a rope a dope type situation. And they'd, uh, then they'd kind of tee off and, and do their thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, it does. Uh, by the way, we can hear, we can hear the wind in the background a bit. I can tell you, you're walking around a little bit. Um, were you, yeah. were you surprised that, uh, Merrick brave, one of the, one of the co-owners of the black and brave Academy, right? With Seth Rollins. Right. Um, yeah, he didn't do very well. Like, were you surprised by that? No, actually, he did very well. Did he? On the episode um, I saw, I didn't think he... I mean, he got his yeah. butt kicked. He didn't make it out of the first round, did he? He didn't make it out of the first round, but he didn't get embarrassed by any means. No. And I thought that he um, really, like I said, for, for a guy that had only put armor on, you know, the previous day for the first time ever. Man. You know, and keep, keep in mind, too, that a lot of these nights, like, this is their own armor. They, they bring it with them. It's much like, you know, when you're a wrestler, you know, you have your boots, and, you know, your boots fit you the right way, and you have that comfort with them, and they're yours it's much like that with, with this armor, like these guys, they compete in it and then it's theirs. And, and so when you're not used to that, when you don't have that comfort that these other ones do, it can, it can be awkward. And, uh, you know, I thought he, he handled himself really well and he had a good showing and, um, you know, yeah, he didn't get through, but I, I didn't think he embarrassed himself at it by any means. And I thought he, he really, you know, he got off some good shots. Um, you know, he stayed in there the entire time and fought so he showed his toughness, and, and I thought he really represented pro wrestling really well, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. The dude got a gash over his eye because I guess somebody whacked him with something and, like, impaled yeah. through his helmet or whatever, and dude troopered yeah. on. That was that was intense, absolutely, you know? Yeah, I know. It was, cra- it was crazy. And, you know, the, you know, we were talking about before, too, about the armor with the, the guys getting used to, the, the, like, having their own armor and being used to it. That's kind of the curveball we throw them to. Uh, throw it to them as well when they when we when we get down to the four competitors and bring them back before the team melee, mm-hmm. we take them back to an armory and then we present them with uh, an iconic peer, um, set of armor from a different period. 
know, like Romans, uh, like Normans versus Saxons and, and barbarians versus Romans. And then, you know, we have, we put them in armor that they're not specifically, you know, they, they, they're, they're not necessarily used to. <laughs> That's so, terrifying. Like if I'm going to have somebody yeah. hacking at me with a sword, I want armor I've used for years or that right. I know works. I don't want somebody giving me like Templar armor and being like, have at it, you know? Yeah, right. So, you know, that's that's kind of thing too. That like a mental thing that they they have to overcome to, uh, you know, to 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 kind of win that team melee. And then you know the the winning team gets uh, it's split up. And then they get to the duel. They can take whatever armor they want from their their original armor. And then they can pull from the uh, the piece the, the iconic iconic piece that that we had presented them before that. So they can kind of make a monsterized armor kit, so to speak, if they if they wish to. Uh, so, like season two, are we going to see your buddy Adam in full Vikings gear in there in the melee? Is that is that in the cards? I, I figured I had to ask, right? Well, I think he's much like me. I think that he'd just rather watch it from the uh, from the sidelines. Okay. Well, maybe he puts the helmet on, cut the camera, have some younger, much more yeah, right, right, right yeah. in. Yeah, he's fully and covered. And like, yeah, yeah, and have the bo- and have the body look nothing like his. Great. <laughs> yes, the six foot. Go get the six foot six guy again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but first of all, I mean, how does it feel for you to be with your best friend still? I mean, you guys are doing the podcast of awesomeness. You've got yeah. the show on the network. You're both on History Channel shows. I mean, just reflect for a moment. I mean, how cool is that? How does it feel to still be doing this all with your best friend? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really cool, you know. And you know, when we were when we were. Um, and it was the, the opportunity to do the podcast, you know, we we're like, ah, I don't know, man, there's, there's a lot of wrestling podcasts, you know, do we really want to just be another wrestling podcast? And then, you know, we would be talking about it on the phone and like shooting the breeze for about 45 minutes. We're like, hold on a second, this is kind of a podcast mm-hmm. and, you know, talking about different stories and stuff that we could talk about. And then, you know, it was, uh, you know, just one of those things. Well, let's, yeah, let's give it a try. It'd be fun. And, you know, give us an excuse to connect, you know, every week, if we have things crazy at home, like when we and we don't have time to call or whatever, I think too. I think the thing that makes ours different is that it's us. You know, we have that this chemistry that we've had since we were kids. Um, you know, this this kind of camaraderie. You know, this ball busting that we that we do to each other, and and uh, I think people just enjoy you know sitting in like they're listening to two old friends. You know, bust on each other and have some fun and the conversation. That's the same thing we kind of try to carry forward with the guests. Just you know, be a fly on the wall listening to a conversation with some buddies hanging out, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy to think about. You know, it's such a new dynamic where you get to talk to, because I know you guys have a lot of younger talent on too, NXT talent. It seems like you you both enjoy getting to, to hear their stories and, you know, put them over sure. to, to a degree. You, you didn't really have yep. that. You didn't really have that in the with the previous generation, right? It wasn't like, oh, I'm do- I got some, I did Hulk's in a hot pet podcast the other day. Got some great advice, you know? Yeah, I know, <laughs> I, know I know, right? Yeah, uh, I mean... Yeah. I mean, if you told me when I got into to wrestling, you know, like I was just all about it, but that there'd be all these other, you know, opportunities that would that would grow and come from it, you know, like a podcast. Like, who wouldn't know that podcasting would even be a thing in 1994 when I broke in, yeah. or you know that that WWE would have their own network and we, you know, write a, star and produce a variety show, you know, a wrestling variety show for 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 that. So I mean, it's just it's so crazy yeah. that, to think the you know, that the, the other avenues and the other challenges that are out there. What do you think of like the, the current way that indie or guys come through the Indies now? Cause you know, it's interesting to hear you talk about your experience, you know, there weren't podcasts, the t-shirt sales weren't quite there. You know, you were really just doing it right. for the love of the game. I mean, you know, it's a very different scene right now. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's great. Like I said, with, with us, when we were, when I was coming up, you know, it was, 
if you ran into somebody in Indie Show, you'd be like, hey, where are you working, man? Oh, I work here and here. Oh, we'll exchange numbers and, you know, or give somebody a tape and a picture and then make a couple phone calls and see if you can get booked somewhere else, you know, where now it's, it's very much, um, you know, you can promote yourself without, you know, having, you know, you, everything, you can do everything on your phone. Yeah. You know, you can set out, set out matches. You can, you know, sell merchandise. You can, you can, um, you know, make yourself into, into a name of, you know, via social media. And, um, you know, that's, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll get back here a little bit to uh, the History Channel here. Now, it's not just Edge on Vikings. It's not just you on Night Fight. Goldberg hosted Knife or Death, the spinoff to another show I love, Fortune Fire. Right. Um, what What is it with History Channel and wrestlers? Why Why have, you know, when, <laughs> no. I, think, when I think of wrestlers, when I think of pro wrestlers, I don't always think, man, what a historian. You know, like, how has this marriage happened? Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah I don't know. Uh, maybe they, uh, and uh, here's a strange Strangely enough, history was my best subject in high school. Oh, really? So, Good. There you go. Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, I don't know. I just think that it's, it was the right fit. And, and um, obviously, um, you know, uh, we had a live audience with, with our show. And, and having that experience of, of, of talking and performing in front of a live audience, I think, helped. Um, you know, and, you know, the, the wrestling fan is also very loyal. You know, they tend to, to follow, you know, the, the the wrestlers that they they like they tend to follow them into other endeavors and, and and support them in that that way and that's what's great about wrestling fans have you uh gone to them and been like hey we should do wrestling stuff right you got all these wrestlers here where's my wrestling documentaries and historical retrospectives <laughs> yeah. Like that. yeah right <laughs> uh i don't know have you have you pitched have you gone to them if no, been no, wrestling I, no okay i, I wasn't saying I that like a that joke far. yeah yeah i, like, I thought you were making a statement no question no yeah no i haven't i haven't done that no no, well, you should. All right, next topic. Sorry, this is going very well. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, lastly here, I got two more things about Night Fight. One is uh, update on season two. Are we going to see more of this show? I'm not sure. We'll, we'll see what happens. You know, it's, uh, we have the season finale, and it's been pretty well received. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would hope that it does. <laughs> I had a blast doing it. Um, I loved it. Um, you know, the whole cast and crew, um, everybody was, was seemingly having fun and, and – um, really enjoyable process and, and um, you know, I enjoyed the competition as well. So yeah, we'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed and we'll see about, but I haven't heard anything yet. Cool. Uh, lastly here, uh, if you do guys come back, do you want an, a crossover with Oak Island? I know you guys did Templar stuff. Like I'm on the hook. Like, I think they're going to find something down there, you know, you do. Oh, huh. I don't know. What do you, yeah, I mean, I don't know how we do the I don't know how we do the crossover, but um, we did have a Templar uh, episode. So I don't know. We'll see. You got to take the guys out and be like, we think a fight happened here on the beach. We're going to recreate the fight, and then we're going to dig a hole under where the fight took place. You know what I mean? That'd, that'd be pretty great. That's actually a pretty pretty great idea. Thank you. I've had two now. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. No, no. But, <laughs> but wait. Yeah, for those keeping score, you're up to nothing. Two no- thank you. Yes. It's just like the ENC yeah. show. We're, we're doing a, we're doing a right. contest right now. Um, no, but right. wait. You don't think there's anything down there? You don't think they're going to find like Shakespeare's tombs or anything like that? I feel like if they're digging around long enough, I think they'll run into something for sure. Okay. It's a good show. I like it. I think there's something down there. Um, <laughs> now, before we well, – we'll talk a little ENC here in just a second, but people just saw you on WWE TV this past Sunday night. You were on the Fastlane yep. kickoff panel, which caught me off guard. Um, how did this come about? Is this uh, like a regular – are you looking to make this kind of a regular thing with the kickoffs? Yeah, we'll see. Uh, um, no, it was just something kind of uh, – that um, – yeah, it was just uh, kind of came up a few weeks ago, and you know, um, 
yeah, I mean, obviously, when, when I, like I, I'm, I'm at the point where I just want to do different stuff and have different challenges, and um, so I jumped at the opportunity when it was there. And um, obviously, I you know, love going to the pay per views live, and um, you know anything I could do to to, to help out the the storylines and and, the, and and everything like that. And it was just yeah, it was just a, a fun time. And like I said, I'm looking to challenge myself in, in different areas and uh, to get on the desk and, and do something different and uh, and do it in front of that live audience. It was, a, it was a ton of fun. So, yeah, um, we'll see. But I definitely would love to do it again. Would you entertain, like, a commentary position if they came to you or and like, hey, we'd try it on 205 Live or SmackDown or something like that? <laughs> That's, you know, people don't realize what a hard job commentary is. It is so hard. One of the hardest jobs in the entire industry. So um, I, I would never say never to anything, but I think I would need a lot of reps to be good at that job. Okay, fair enough. Um, now, this was also interesting night fastlane for uh, your friend Adam. His wife, Beth Phoenix, was doing commentary, um, and right. she got beat up by Tamina and Nia Jax. Uh, what do you yeah. What do you think of that beatdown, and, and what would look to be Beth's return to WWE action? I would think here sooner than later. Yeah, I don't know. I was caught caught off guard by it as well. Um, I don't know what's going to happen from it, but I mean, you know, she's uh, she's obviously you know she's a. Uh, <laughs> She's a Hall of Famer, and she's obviously kept herself in uh, tip-top shape. So, well, uh, yeah, be that's it, it's cool when, when I think when when moments like that happen that that uh, that people don't see coming, and I think it was uh, one of those. And, and um, look forward to see where where it ends up. So you were surprised. So you didn't, you know? I mean, this is for you. Uh, yeah, I had no clue. Okay, yeah. she hasn't been like, oh, I'm thinking about going back wrestling. I'm going to take on Mickey. No, Dunn or something. Oh. no, I, I don't. I know. I had no idea what was going on. Okay. I just imagine you and Adam and Beth, your wife, your kids, cul-de-sac style, right? Like this casual wrestling conversations, you know? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, actually, the funny thing is when we all hang out, we don't even talk about wrestling. So that's the thing. My favorite my favorite <laughs> uh, visualization ever was, I think we were on the phone like a couple months ago, and you were like on a ladder getting something off a shelf in your kitchen. And I was like, man, like reflecting on how you went from falling off ladders to now like climbing a couple yeah. steps up in your kitchen. It's like different now, you know? I know. I know. I took a bump off of a ladder at Christmas time. <laughs> I was I was hang, I was hanging up Christmas lights outside my house, oh. and uh, I I was making sure a wire was on snug. And when I kind of pulled it, the nail came out of the wall, and I fell backwards and I took a bump off the ladder. And that's like not only like the highest ladder bump I think I might have ever taken, but it's the first bump I've taken in like almost five years. Oh my so, god. <laughs> it knocked the wind out of me so bad. And the thing was, I was more worried that somebody saw me fall off, like in my neighborhood. So instead of lay there, laying there, you know, kind of, you know, getting myself together and pull myself up, I got on all fours and I crawled inside my front door and closed the door and laid, laid in there. You blutoed yourself. You blutoed yourself. So, Oh. So old man style. It was great. Yeah, I, I was having flashes of Clark Griswold and National Lampoon's Christmas yeah. Vacation right there. Yeah, oh. yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, okay. Um, well, the women now, with with uh, Beth being back and Nia and Tamina beating her down, Natalia came to her aid. Of course, now there's like a women's tag team division. You know, obviously I said you're a nine-time WWE tag team champion. Uh, what do you think of the women finally getting their own tag team division? Yeah, I think that it's 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 perfect timing. Obviously, and um, Adam and I had talked about it on the podcast uh, months ago. Um, so uh, I just think that the talent pool is so deep, you know, and, and there's the, the roster is so deep, and there, there's so many talented women on the roster at this point that it makes perfect sense for this to be the time to, uh, you know, to keep, you know, having these firsts, um, you know. Um, so it, it, I think it was a great, 
And also, you know, uh, we've also talked about in the past, don't don't be surprised if if the women made it at WrestleMania. That's how much momentum that uh, that they've they've garnered for themselves um, over these last couple of years, and I think it's great. Do you think it'll be this year? Do you think the triple threat, or do you think uh, Brock and Rollins main event this year? I don't know. I think I feel like it has to be this. In my opinion. I don't know. I just feel really strongly about it. And I've talked about it also before on the podcast. I think, right. man, if you're ever going to do it, this is the year. You know, I just feel like you know Becky is so hot. Um, you know, Ronda's such a big star, and so as is Charlotte. So, um, you know, I, I that's that, that's my my opinion, my personal opinion. But Ronda, it's like weird because like Ronda's a heel now, right? I mean, last night yeah. she, she came yeah. out. She last night she came out. She ragged the fans. She's dressing like Hulk Hogan. Uh, you know, NWO style <laughs> at Fastlane. I mean, she's, yeah. she's a, are you surprised yeah. that they that they're using their highest paid female draw as a, as a heel right now? No, I mean I think they just I think you have to let the dick you know have to let the the fans dictate what what you are. And I think that they were starting to to turn in that direction in my in my opinion. So instead of fighting it, just go with it. Um, how was it being there uh, at Fastlane with the uh, Roman Reigns return match? I mean, it's a very, it's an awesome time for Roman right now. He's surrounded by so much love, you know, following him going right. into remission. How, how was it being there at Fastlane, uh, seeing him in? Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's goosebumps, you know. Just like I said, on on a personal level, on a on a human level, more than anything, the fact that he's he's healthy, you know, even if he never stepped foot in a ring again, that's the main thing for him and his family. But you know, this is all bonus now, and for him, you know, I mean, I just. Yeah, I mean to to overcome what he did, and uh, to be able to step back in there and compete at the highest level, man, it was uh, you know goosebumps to see it happen. Yeah, and in the same match, it seemed like that could could have maybe been like part of Dean Ambrose's kind of swan song. You know, it looks like last night on Raw, he he may have officially been gotten written off, but you know he's he's taking a gamble here, leaving WWE um, and a high you know as high profile as this. You know, it reminds me of you. When you left WWE and popped up in TNA, there, I mean, do you have any like insight or advice you'd give to Dean, you know, making a similar move that you did at one point in your career? No, I mean, I, I, I just, you know, when, when, when I left, um, you know, it, it's I would never give anybody, you know, advice. I would just, you know, I would never tell anybody like, hey, this is what you need to do. You know, that's not my thing. Um, I think you just have to, um, you know, believe in yourself. And, um, you know, I'm not sure what his game plan is. I really don't. I don't know whether he's, you know, I don't know if he's going to continue to wrestle or if he's not. I, I really don't know. So, you know, I would never chime in and give my opinion on, on anybody else's situation other than my own. Okay. Uh, well, let's start here. I got you for a couple more minutes. Let's talk the Edge of Christian show on WWE Network. Uh, I've been able to catch a handful of episodes this season. I really like it. What were you trying to do different this season than you were trying to do in season one? Yeah. So, well, season one, obviously we were trying to figure out the, um, you know, what, you know, what it was, you know, we, we a show like this had never been done before. So, um, you know, we was kind of the first few episodes was kind of, you know, throwing stuff against the wall and see if it, seeing if it stuck, you know, and, um, you know, we changed a few things up with, with writers and, and, and different things. And then, you know, I thought around the fourth or fifth episode, we started to get the really essence of what the show was yeah. and figured out like, okay, this is what we want it to be. And, from that point on, but then the difference was is that we were uh, during that first season. You know, we were writing in, in chunks, and then we'd shoot in chunks, and then we'd go and write in chunks, and then we'd shoot in chunks. Whereas mm-hmm. with the second season, you know, we took um, some time, and we all like shacked up together, us and the, the whole writing team, and we, um, the Edge and Christian writing team, which is uh, like one, two, three. There's like five people. So we uh, <laughs> and we, you know, we just shacked shacked away for for uh, for a week. And, and wrote the entire season and um 
so we had it all all on paper and we had our kind of wish list of who we wanted for different stuff and and luckily you know we had that all done early enough where we pretty much got you know everybody for every you know specific um skit that we we wanted to get done and um yeah i just think that that showed in the product at the end um how much uh you know better it was um it, it came off because we were more prepared for the second season and like I said, we, and like I said, the last part of it, we figured out, okay, this is what it is. And we knew going into the second season, instead of the first season mindset was, okay, let's try to figure this thing out and figure out what it is. Second season, we knew exactly what it was going in and what we wanted it to be. So we had that advantage and it was really well received, you know, I've heard nothing but, you know, positive feedback. And that's at the end of the day, that's what it's about is, um, you know, we, we put a lot of work into it, a lot of effort with a lot of hours, but at the end of the day, if people are entertained and, um, and got some laughs out of it, our job is done. Um, how much, uh, how much pushback do you get from WWE on some of your creative ideas? They were like, you know, maybe we don't want Samoa Joe dressed as a Girl Scout. This guy is a monster. <laughs> no. We're we're trying I to present that, him, you know. Yeah, I, no, I mean, we were at, we had a lot of creative freedom, and uh, can't say enough about the, you know, the um, the um, um, you know, with all of our ideas that we had, all of our crazy ideas. Um, you know, they, they, there was there wasn't much, if any. So we were, um, you know, really made 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 it easier to to create that as well. When when they're just like, here's your, you know, here's here's your platform. Do what you need to do. You know, and and so, um, yeah, I know it, it was it was great. We were on chat everything that we that we asked to do, we got done. So it was, uh, um, you know, I, I think that's also you know the what. The, the stuff we did with pushing the envelope and those sorts of things, I think the uh, the, the wrestling fans, uh, they, they, that's what they enjoy. You guys had a couple cool uh, guest stars this season. Uh, I'm a big David Arquette fan. I was happy that you guys decided yeah. to share some love with David uh, as a former WCW world champion. Um, how impressed have you been with his return to wrestling? What do you think of, of David's independent run? Well, I mean, I haven't really seen any of it, to be honest with you. Oh. I haven't really seen any of his matches, mm. but I know that he's doing it. And I, I mean, obviously, I mean, the guy's, you know, he's, 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 a, he's a pretty big time actor, so he doesn't need to wrestle. Obviously he's doing it because he loves it. And, um, he's, I know he's a huge fan and, um, you know, it's, I mean, I hope he, I hope he does well with it because I know he has a passion for it. And every time I've talked to him, he's nothing, but like, he's just probably one of the nicest guys I've ever met. So, you know, I hope, uh, hope it all goes well for him. Uh, I really also liked the HBK episode where he was Nils Mascaris, um, just because yeah. it was. <laughs> yeah, <thanks>. yeah. <laughs> it was really silly, and, and there's a lot of dumb jokes in it, which I really liked. Um, but yeah. um, how was that working? I mean, you're t- you're working with Shawn Michaels, like you know, you know, it's it's still Shawn Michaels. You've got him in a silly mask, clogging around. What was it like working with that yeah. HBK in a, in like a scripted uh, sketch show type environment? Yeah, the thing is, like you know, you know, he's probably the best to ever do it in the ring right so and he's a guy that we all admired as far as being in the ring if you ask you know how many people would tell you that Shawn michaels was their biggest influence you know and and we're no different so but, but luckily we became really good friends with him and you know he kind of you know has that personality and we you know when we were on the road together we'd all be uh sean adam and i would almost kind of like hide in our own little room and just tell those kind of jokes and make each other laugh and just do silly dumb stuff to entertain each other on the road. And we all just hit it off. We had this great rapport and we were writing it. You know, it's one of, one of those things where, um, you know, you're, you're hoping that, you know, when you present it to a guy like Shawn Michaels, you know, a legend, you're hoping that he'll, you know, he'll get the joke. Right. And not, and of course 
when, you know, we hand him a script and he's looking at it and all of a sudden you see him start giggling and all he starts laughing and he's like, you guys are crazy. Of course I'll do this. You know, like, so it's like, <laughs> you know, so he's not, a, he, he understands what it is and he's never been a guy that's, that's afraid to, to do some funny stuff and do some ha and do some comedy. So he was uh, obviously um, an absolute like pleasure to, uh, um, to, to do those with and, and like you know just the, the, like we're at like the, the, the script is very light you know the, the, there's a lot of freedom to do your own thing and to ad lib and have some fun with it and he did that um, quite a bit and it was it came off really well oh you guys got it if you haven't go check that out you should go check out the whole season uh, you guys just did great work this time around you've just been doing so much great stuff recently are you getting I don't know what your situation is like I mean I, I, I know that you're you were never officially retired on WWE TV <clears throat> So, I mean, Daniel Bryan came back. Did, is that giving you hope <laughs> that, like, you can uh, – I don't know. Like, where's your head at with wrestling right now? Well, I mean, I'm 45 years old, you know, and it's like – it's one of those things where if I was 29 or 30 and it happened and I was kind of forced to retire and I felt like it wasn't quite my time, there might be maybe a little push to see, you know, what I could do. But, you know, I'm also, you know, realistic. At 45, you know, I never wanted to be one of those guys that hung on too long. and so um I'm, I'm perfectly fine i mean I, I accomplished everything i ever set out to to accomplish and you know i feel like there's there's kind of no stone unturned as far as my career goes and and you know it's it's on to the next challenges you know and i've always been confident in, uh, enough in myself that there's other things i can do when my time in the ring would be up do you feel like you know you should have a final send-off here i mean would a would a hall of fame induction be like the way you'd like to to punctuate your career in wwe as a performer We'll see what happens, you know, I mean, like, you know, with, um, you know, I was never one of the guys that needed uh, to go out there and, and say a goodbye or anything like that. Um, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen. And people, it's funny, people ask me, like, literally all the, if, if I had a nickel for every time someone asked me if I was going into the Hall of Fame, then, you know, I could, I could buy a lot of stuff, <laughs> to put it to you that way. Good. Because I didn't, I, yeah. Good. So, <laughs> but, <laughs> but. Um, I'm not. I'm not worried about it, man. I mean, it's. Uh, I'm. We'll see. We'll see if it, you know if it, if, if it if and when it ever ever happens. We'll we'll see. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. You know, it's. Uh, um, you know, it is what it is. All right. I'll close up here by saying, uh, you know, as one of the the bigger stars of of the Attitude Era, uh, how much does what's going on right now in the landscape with WWE and, and AEW, and really just how viable like Impact, Ring of Honor, New Japan have become? How much of that? of this time right now reminds you of, of that peak period that you were involved in with the attitude era. Yeah, of course, there's always going to be, you know, those, those kind of boom periods. And, and, uh, you know, this is definitely one. And I think that, um, more than anything, um, you know, there's a lot of talent out there today. So if there's a platform for, for true talent to go out there and, and ply their trade and show the world what they can do, you know, there's only so many spots on each roster. So, it's 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 that's a good thing but ultimately the, the winner at the end of the day is a wrestling fan because they have a lot of options all right hey uh thank you so much uh, for taking the time jay to talk with me again tonight on history channel the season finale of night fight go check it out we're gonna have the golden helmet uh crowned tonight somebody's walking me around with uh 10k yeah anything else you want to plug from up <laughs> over here to, to wrap up the show jay man i got nothing so uh take me back to uh how you became a wrestling fan and where did your fandom kind of start from? Wow. Uh, I can remember going to my cousin's house, my cousin Howie, and seeing a poster. He had a poster of Jimmy Superfly Snuka making the famous jump from the cage 
going to Don Morocco. And, uh, and I remember asking him, like, what is this? Like, this looks so cool. And he's like, oh, okay, I got to show you something. So then he turns on some wrestling tapes. He shows me some WWF uh, Saturday morning stuff, superstars and all that. And and I was instantly hooked. And growing up in Philadelphia, you know, we were lucky because it was a wrestling haven. You know, there was a lot of wrestling events that happened. Between yeah. NWA between WWF, uh, lots of different things would go on uh, in our area. So we were lucky in that regard in later ECW. So uh, WWF came for a house show, and I went to that, and I was instantly hooked. And it was uh, Macho Man Randy Savage, seeing him, his rise, and, uh, you know, the great outfits and the just the larger-than-life stature of of guys in wrestling. Before that, I was a comic book fan, but and honestly, it was just real life comic books, and uh, yeah. and that was that was how my mind processed it. It's like, whoa, these are comic books jumping off the page, and uh, and all these guys are larger than life, and you know, and over the top, and uh, and I was I was hooked for, from then on, you know. So that was probably I don't know, maybe twelve years old. <laughs> All right. And then, you know, you mentioned ECW. Uh, you know, ECW is such a big part of Philadelphia. Did you ever have a chance to get a, to go to any of those shows? I went to one show at the ECW arena, and, <laughs> and it was just madness. And I was, I was so young then. I was maybe like maybe 16, 17, and um, my mother never wanted me to go there. She's like, be careful in South Philly. It's dangerous. And, uh, and I just thought she was, you know, saying those things. But honestly... It felt dangerous, but it was amazing, you know, just seeing the energy in that place uh, for an ECW show. So I'm lucky that I, I did get a chance to at least see one event there. What were some of the matches? Do you remember any of the matches that were, or what you saw? Anything from that you kind of remember right now, like when I bring uh, this up? I remember Taz and Sandman teaming up. And, gosh, I don't remember who they fought. But okay. it was just the most, like, that I, I can remember just being like scared to death. I think New Jack came out and uh, they would play the song he came out to was Natural Born Killers, uh, Ice Cube and Dr. Dre song. And as a big hip hop head, when I heard that, I was like, Oh wait, what is this? And, um, <laughs> and then New Jack came out and I, I believe in that match, he wound up, I think getting stapled in his forehead, <laughs> you know, and uh, and I remember that being telling my friend like, dude, this is this is insane. Like this is this is this is wild. Like we're just watching people kill themselves. Like we absolutely thought this was real. There's no <laughs> no other explanation to for this. And uh, it was just so violent, but it also it just it took my mind to a new place because these are things I never thought could ever happen in a wrestling ring. So to show me that you know that it was this limitless potential to what could be done in the terms of entertainment. Yeah, you touched on that a little bit. How much of uh, kind of pro wrestling has kind of, have you been inspired by, you know, within your own work? And I, I know you have a lot of wrestling influence in, in your own work, but um, where did it kind of start from and just kind of how did it kind of grow over time with, with your fandom with wrestling? Uh, well, I think I've always had wrestling in the like the back of my head when I write and things like that. A lot of rappers have uh, likened themselves to Ric Flair, probably, as being, like, the most flashy, flamboyant, stylish wrestler there was. And um, and me, I was more of a blue-collar guy. So my 
rhyme style would have always been a guy who wasn't necessarily flashy. So I always think of like a Mick Foley. Like what if Mick Foley was approaching hip hop? Like how he would dress different, he would look different, he would talk different, and uh, he would act different, and he'd get the job done in a completely different and unexpected way. So I always rooted for the underdogs, the guys that they called jobbers or the, you know, the guys that no one thought could uh, could ever make it. You know, I remember watching like Young Hardy's Boys matches or Iron Mike Sharp <laughs> and, uh, or, you know, Paul Roma or uh, guys like Teal Santana, you know, was another big favorite of mine. So uh, so I like my, my rap style, I guess, to those guys. And um. But I, I read up and a lot, and I watch a lot of wrestling content even now, and listen to a lot of podcasts. And the number one thing a lot of people say is to find your gimmick or your your style is to take your own personality and turn it up to ten, you know. And uh, and I found that I found success with that in my own life as a video game player, uh, as a musician who loved games and wrestling. It's just a matter of showing that to to everyone in a in, a, in the most broad a creative way you can, you know. So, whereas when I was young, I would keep the fact that I love wrestling a secret, you know, or video games a secret. Uh, when I went into music, you know, atmospheres and places, uh, I found more success becoming my true self unabashedly in front of crowds of people that uh, than I ever could have by hiding that, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it seems like, uh, you know, the communities of wrestling, video games, comics, it's like it all seems like this one big community in many ways. You know, there's a lot of differences, offshoots of that as well. But it seems like, you know, this big community, I mean, you have friendships uh, through, you know, video games, comics, music, but also for wrestlers, you forge friendships. Like I know you're close with Xavier, Xavier Woods. Uh, just talk about what it's like to kind of get to know the wrestlers outside of the ring and, and just kind of over the years being able to kind of, become friends with a lot of the guys that we see on TV. That's been insane. I mean, um, Xavier's been just such a, a cool guy. He found me a long time ago. Just as mutual fans of video games and, and music. And uh, he wanted to use some of my music to enter the ring to one time. And so when he was with SCW, he was able to do that. And from then on, he just kept the friendship. And uh, we, we talked video games. So I think for him, I'm probably like his escape because I don't, I'm not the guy who will just constantly talk to him about storylines or what did you think when you were doing this? Like, what's your favorite move? What really hurts? Instead, we just talk about, hey, uh, did you play Anthem yet? What do you think of that new game? Uh, from then on, it, it went from you know him inviting me out to events and saying, hey, uh, this might sound weird, but do you want to come to WrestleMania? And I'm like, uh, hell yeah. <laughs> you know? So things like that have just gone from there. And um, I can remember he kind of teases me about it. It's the one moment where... I've always managed to maintain my coolness, at least, like just staying, keeping the emotions under control. Because I know that's important as a performer in any capacity. But uh, he got me out of my element once because he invited me to the WrestleMania Friends and Family party. after party. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and this, was, this was the one moment where I completely lost it because Bret Hart was sitting next to Roman Reigns, who was sitting next to Scott Hall, who was sitting next to... Roddy Piper, uh, and it was just insane to see like my, the past and the present all in the room, just having conversations and having fun, and uh, and that was the one moment where when I saw Bret Hart, I was just like, oh my gosh, and uh, he still laughs at me to this day about it, 
but uh, I think that <laughs> I'm, I'm lucky to be able to to be friends to be friends with such a amazing athlete as well as a really cool down to earth guy who loves so many of the things that I love and um, just a super great talent as well who's been able to maintain so many different things. I always I'm, I'm so envious of how he's able to juggle so many tasks and do them so well. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so it, it inspires me at the same time. And so when I have moments when I'm able to talk to wrestlers uh, and we don't talk wrestling, I think they really enjoy that. Yeah, for and, sure. Uh, so on top of that, we have moments where I've, uh, I've had times where I've sat with guys and they've been like, hey, so uh, I was over here. I think it was AJ Styles, yeah. I was talking to a friend of mine about how music promoters sometimes aren't the most honest of people and they can kind of screw you over a little bit. And uh, when I said that and AJ was in earshot, he said, are you sure you're not talking about wrestling promoters? And, <laughs> and he's like, and I'm like, well, you don't understand. It's different in music. Sometimes you actually have to pay just to get on stage and play. And he's like, uh, again, that sounds like a wrestling promoter to me, <laughs> you know. And he's yeah. telling me about times that he's had to literally pay money just to get on a car and wrestle and, you know, and not make a dime off of it and things like that. And so it's, it's, so that taught me, like, wow, there's a lot of similarities in the, in the grind between wrestlers and, uh, and musicians or any entertainers. So that's what gave me a lot more respect for what they do, even, even at a deeper level. To, be, to realize that they go through so many of the same things that we do. And that's what made me go into, like, podcasting and doing other things where I could kind of get into the into the psyche of an entertainer because uh, we go through a lot of the same stuff. What was it like to, to actually be in the ring for SmackDown for that rap battle, looking back and knowing how much of a fan you were? How hard was it to maintain your composure there? <laughs> that was insane. I kept kind of telling myself, like, no, this isn't happening. Like, this this is not a real thing right now. There's no way that this is going down. Uh, it, it just can't be real, you know? And I was, I mean, I think I, I just felt like I was 10 or 12 again, you know? It was like being in that ring, even before the show, like Austin let me like walk down the ramp and like just get an idea of what it would be like. Here's how you get into the ring and look, here's the hard camera. Like just telling me all those things. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, what what did I do in my life to deserve this? Like, it just felt so unreal. And uh, it was awesome, man. I was just uh, happy to be a part of it. And the main thing he told me during that was, like, just have fun. He said, you know, create a moment, create a memory that will, will last a lifetime. So uh, that's it. And uh, and that's all. And now I can go back and watch it and see myself. I'm like, I feel like I'm <laughs> part of, the, I'm part of the, the WWE lore, <laughs> sort of. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, like, unreal. Yeah, for sure. Um, so who within the industry are, like, big fans of yours besides, you know, Austin, of course, but who else uh, would you say are kind of really supportive of what you're doing? Well, I've sent stuff to some guys. Kenny Omega has been a big supporter as well. I've um, did a song for him and Coda for a special event they did in Florida uh, at a gaming tournament. We did a remix of their theme song, and I did a rap on it, and – so Kenny's been super, super supportive. Um, and again, I think it just came down to our mutual love of, of game culture as well as wrestling. 
you know. So same thing. We just sit and talk wrestling as, as or talk games rather, just as much as anybody else would probably just talk wrestling. Um, so yeah, Kenny Omega's been a huge supporter. Um, most recently, uh, I didn't even realize it, but the Coffee Brothers, who are in uh, NXT UK now, uh, had known about me through some other guys that I knew in Glasgow who had made an introduction to my music. So I did a song uh, about them, and they were like, oh, this is the guy that we've been talking about. And, like, I couldn't believe it. So uh, the conversations that I've had with guys, like with amazing wrestlers, like supporting my art has been uh, pretty insane. Yeah. I'm surprised. You, have you ever been approached by uh, 2K or any of the video games to kind of use some of your music or not yet? Is that something that you would always want, that, like, right up there with your dreams or – yeah, that would definitely align with my dreams. I've been playing the 2K games since the beginning. So uh, the 2K company, though, they have been super cool. They've allowed me to come and visit the offices. I've been able to play early builds of the game. Um, they've come out to my shows when I'm in San Francisco. Uh, I recently sent them a new song so for hopefully for submission for 2K20, but we'll see. Um, nice. I would love to. You know, that's a that's a bucket list item. I feel like Every few months, I'm able to scratch something off my bucket list, and this is that would be another huge one to be a part of any 2K game uh, in that way. And then, you know, you mentioned bucket list. Uh, you know, Ring of Honor announced that you're going to be hosting, you know, their 17th anniversary show in Vegas. How did that come about, and just, you know, what can we expect from that appearance and what you're going to be doing there? Well, I mean, this was just literally me pie in the sky, just hoping and wishing for the best. And uh, sending out an email because I, I love the product and I, I love what they do. And uh, I just felt like, I feel like wrestling in general could benefit from some new blood injected into it. And not just, um, you know, new performers, new people being involved, but people who are actually fans and a part of, of the wrestling culture and community, you know. And it's one thing to bring in Justin Bieber to sing your national anthem or something. But another thing to bring someone in who's been watching since a child and is really up to date on storylines and, and wrestlers and really into the product. So uh, so I've just been reaching out to people and uh, and making songs and just doing what I do. And then I got a really great opportunity from the guys at uh, Ring of Honor. They emailed me and said, hey, we like what you do. I, I think it probably started – and I don't know if I could say that it happened this way, but I need to find out. Uh, I was a good friend of mine, Eli Isom, uh, who's a fan of mine, who came to some of my shows in Philly. Uh, I wonder if it came about this way. But I remember him telling me, like, hey, I'm trying out for Ring of Honor right now. I'm putting up and putting down the ring before and after shows. One day I'm going to get in the ring, and I'm really excited about it. And I was like, man, that's so great. And then he messaged me and said, hey, I'm going to be doing some cool stuff with Cheeseburger, and I would love for you to do a song for us. And I said, absolutely. And then, fast forward, I go to StarCast, and then I meet Cheeseburger, and he's like, oh, it's Mega Ren, hey! Like, and he knows exactly who I am, and he introduced me to some other ROH guys who are like, hey, it's Mega Ren! And so, <laughs> maybe it's just a matter of just through that that I have no idea, honestly, how they got in touch with me. But it's just me trying to put put things together and be like, well, maybe word just kind of spread throughout the company, 
that like here's a here's a cool guy who makes cool music hopefully that they enjoyed and that would uh would make a great addition you know to a show and so they said hey how would you like to host a show and write us a, a song to commemorate you know us going to Madison Square Garden and I'm like absolutely this is amazing I will do this with uh with bells on I'll be there <laughs> So are you going to be performing this this song for the first time live at the show? Or Yes, yes. So for the okay. first time ever, the world premiere of the song, Going to the Garden, will be in Las Vegas at the anniversary show. I can't wait. That's awesome. And then how are you going to – like, what can we expect from that song? Is it, Have you, like, well, gone back and kind of relived some of the best moments of Ring of Honor? Or how did you kind of kind of get the idea for this song? Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's really what I did. I went through, I've been watching, you know, pretty much from the beginning and picking out greatest moments is really hard with a company with so much, like, storied history as Ring of Honor, but uh, finding really key moments and not necessarily referring to them by name, like, oh, that time when CM Punk beat, you know, Brian Daniels, no, uh, but using the emotion that is attached to some of these huge moments and, and transferring that into a song. So basically saying like the garden is, you know, such an esteemed uh, historical building, you know, with so much wrestling history and to be like, well, we started from a very small organization and, you know, and we've built up and now we're, we're so strong and so powerful and so unified that we're now able to crack, you know, the garden. And, uh, and I think that, it can, I can relate to it from a musician's perspective because we all think like, man, going to, rapping at a at the Madison Square Garden is a dream of any musician. So, uh, so the same way, just starting from humble beginnings and building your way up. So it's a song of triumphant uh, victory. Awesome. All right, and lastly, just uh, what's next for you? I mean, you have your music coming out. I know you have your podcast and disappearance, but anything else beyond that? Um, well, I got a tour coming up right, uh, after, yeah, pretty much two weeks after Ring of Honor, where I go to the UK with MC Lars and Cuckoo Kangaroo. We're doing a full UK tour for about two weeks. And then a month after that, I'm putting out a, uh, album with, uh, MC Lars called the Dewey Decibel System. It's all about our favorite books, short stories, comic books. Uh, novels, poems. Uh, we're both English majors, so we love to you know, flex that muscle as much as possible. So it's going to be some fun, nerdy stuff uh, in addition to a whole lot of tours. All right. Sounds good. Thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Looking forward to seeing you at Ring of Honor, seeing what you put together. Thank you so much. I'm so looking forward to this. I can't wait. <laughs> All right. Have a good day. Thanks for doing it. Appreciate it. Uh, all right. Bye-bye. Thank you very much uh, to Justin for joining me at the top of the show to talk some news. Thank you very much, Jay Resso, Christian. Again, Night Fight tonight. Check it out, History Channel. And uh, thank you to Scott Fishman and Mega Ran. What a great conversation uh, between those two. Uh, again, I want to plug this Friday night in Chicago. I'll be doing commentary at Warrior Wrestling with Rich Bikini. Come on out. Say hello. Uh, we'll be getting some interviews from that show. We'll be doing some uh, exclusive social media posting uh, during that show as well. Uh, and then tomorrow on this show, 
Another two big interviews to wrap up the week. Uh, we're going to be hearing from former WWE World Champion Jack Swagger, and we're going to be hearing from uh, newly re-signed Impact Wrestling Superstar. We broke that news exclusively here on the site today, Jake Christ of OVE. Great talk uh, with both of those guys. Can't wait to air those tomorrow. Uh, Justin, where do you want to send people to find you, follow you? You know, What do you want to plug, promote, put over? Any of those things. Justin Labar on Twitter and Instagram. And again, I'll see everybody in New York, uh, tailgatejoe.com. Uh, check it out there. We're going to be doing a tailgate before WrestleMania in the parking lot of MetLife Stadium. <clears throat> 55 bucks to reserve your spot. Spots are starting to fill up, so don't wait till the last minute because they will be gone. 55 bucks, all you can eat, all you can drink. Uh, should be a good time. All right, yes, and I'm at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. Thank you so much for tuning in. Got a lot of nice things that were said about the Pat McAfee interview that interviewed uh, that we released yesterday on the show. So go check that out. Check out all the shows. Stay subscribed to Wrestling Inc. Audio on iTunes. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it.